This episode sponsored by Microdose.com. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com. Use the code OPI to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. I'm going to see who uh, the wax the wax figure is outside the uh, the wax museum. Oh, you're not the wax figure? Well, I no, thought you were the wax figure. Okay. Well, this is the wax uh, No, I know, but usually the wax figure is outside. I thought it was you. There he is. Thank you. I'm not that famous yet. I'm not Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but thank you. Wait, wait. I apologize for thinking you were the wax figure. That's okay. I'm going to look at Jimmy Fallon. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, yo, where in Massachusetts were you you from? Man, I'm from Long Island, man. I was born in uh, Astoria, Queens. Moved out to Long Island when I was four or five years old. Lived lived in that house until I went away to college and uh, went to Geneseo, SUNY Geneseo. This is like a reintroduction for people. Stayed in Geneseo. Uh, I did five years of college, and then I did an extra year on campus. And uh, it got to the point <laughs> where people people started looking at me, and they would say stuff like, "Are you're still here?" And you can only hear "You're still here" a few times uh, before you realize, "Oh, okay, maybe I'm getting too old to be in the college life." So then I went to Rochester, New York. I fooled around up there for about three years. Um, and then I went to Buffalo, New York. Fooled around there for three years. Then I moved back. Moved back in with my parents. Because that's, uh, that's how good radio pays back in the day. And I had to live with my parents back on Long Island. Then I got a little place in Northport, Long Island. Then Boston came a call in. Finally, I get to your question, uh, Glass. And I lived in Wellesley, Wellesley, Massachusetts, um, outside of Boston. You know, really, really rich town. Uh, but I was not rich. I was renting half a house across from the, uh, the high school. And then I came to uh, New York City to do radio. But I lived on Long Island. Uh, I got a place in Huntington, Long Island. And then right around 9-11, I, uh, I moved into New York City for good. All right? All right. Long Island. That's how we say it. Long Island. That was the first thing that was against me when I went into radio. I had a horrendous, I mean a horrendous Long Island accent. It was terrible. I actually taught myself to speak better. I would read AP copy in between uh, playing records in Geneva, New York, which was my first stop in the radio world. And I would record myself reading and I could just hear the Long Island words. We say stuff like idea and use guys. And every time one of those popped up, I would just practice that word over and over and over again on tape and play it back. It was, ex- it was an exhausting process. 
And I got rid of most of uh, most of my Long Island accent, although it has come back because I, I, I live in this area uh, now full time and for way too long. Uh, greetings from the beaches of Tijuana. Oh, come do radio in Mexico. You'll be a star. You'll be a star. <laughs> Imagine I pack up my family. I go, we're going to Mexico. That's the only place I could get a damn job. I kind of liked Mexico. I tell everybody, and this is really stupid because I, I went to Mexico uh, once. You got to find a resort with a really nice pool. Uh, we were, uh, I don't know, we were near some ruins. Um, and uh, the water was terrible, but the pools were amazing. And I felt so sorry for the resort because uh, they had, you know, usually you go to, like to a Caribbean island or something. You got a couple guys in the morning, they're raking up some seaweed and making little piles and, and taking it away. No big deal. The place we went in Mexico, the resort, like I said, was amazing. The beaches, not so much. They had heavy equipment, uh, bulldozers, just trying to get rid of the seaweed every morning. It was it was an unbelievable operation. And then they down the beach, past the resort, they just piled it up. It was like as high as this ceiling in this room. And every morning they had to go through the same process. How about those Buffalo Bills? Oh my goodness! What a that was such a fun game yesterday. And, man, you think the Buffalo Bills have a little momentum going into the playoffs? I think so. I think at this point they're the team to beat. And Buffalo's been Buffalo's been through so much in the last uh, year or so. You got the mass shooting. You got the crazy, the crazy blizzards, two of them at least. You got a guy dying on the field. They bring him back to life. Buffalo needs a break. Buffalo needs a little bit of a break. So... But going into the uh, the playoffs, I think Buffalo's got ridiculous momentum. I know there's some Packers fans, but to see uh, Aaron Rodgers fall just short makes me so happy on this Monday. And is that it for him? Was he walking off Lam- uh, Lambo-, Lambo Field? Lambo Field? Was he walking off Lambo Field for the last time last night? That's the question uh, this morning. We'll have to wait and see. Bert Kreischer ripped off the effing Opster. Where are we at with the extra years of college? All right. I, 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 I doubt Bert Kreischer ripped me off. Bert is a compulsive liar. I, why are you going after Bert Kreischer? What did he do to you? What is wrong with these people? If you don't like Bert Kreischer, there's, there's, there's so much out there. Why don't you just like support somebody and just keep your mouth shut? Bert Kreischer deserves all the success he's getting. All of it. He just lies a lot. I do like him. Ryan Carter, how do you know Bert Kreischer's lying a lot? I need to know the answer to that. Do you hang out with him? It's kind of like when people try to hit me up with, like, you have no friends. How would you ever, ever know that? How would you ever know that Bert Kreischer lies a lot? How would you ever know that I don't have friends? How would you know that? (laughs) Oh, my God. How about that Donovan Mitchell, 71 points? You were right about the Cavs. I told you about the Cavs. I said, do not sleep on the Cavs. They got a good damn young team, and now they got the Donovan Mitchell bringing them all together. And um, he scored 71 points, I think that was last week. I think it was the same day that everyone was talking about DeMar Hamlin. 
So he was pretty much knocked off the front pages of the sports pages because, uh, you know, the whole world was talking about DeMar Hamlin. And then Donovan uh, Mitchell quietly just uh, having a game where he scores 71 points. That's insane. Uh, You mean Burt lied about robbing a whole train with Russian gangsters? Really? When a comedian tells an insane story, you don't believe it to be completely true, do you? Some of this... uh, some of these comedians have great stories to tell, but they know how to pump it up to get the laughs and to get the most out of their story. A, le- a legit question about Louis C.K. Why you never mentioned Louis? He seemed to be a huge part of ONA show. Why neither you nor Anthony talks about him? Sorry, my English is not perfect. I'm from Russia. I like, I like Louis C.K., but um, the only thing I'll say about Louis C.K. is he's brilliant. He deserves to uh, have a... A huge comeback in the business. They took him out and uh, he regrouped. And now I think he's playing Madison Square Garden in the very near future. And he deserves to do that, obviously. He paid He paid whatever he had to, to uh, society. I, I, you know, I, I don't fully get that because he didn't commit any dumb crimes. He proved that he, uh, you know, he's a bit of a creep. Uh, but he got past that and people still want to see him. And he's still hilarious and he's going to play Madison Square Garden. I don't have any problems with Louis C.K., but it's uh, I'm bothered by people like Louis C.K. I'm bothered by people like Amy Schumer because uh, I know um, there was a time they were coming on the Opie and Anthony show a lot and they weren't doing a lot of other shows in general and they were getting um, they were getting a lot from being on our, our show. And then, uh, I mean, Amy Schumer was literally an opener when she started doing our, our radio show. And then they got famous, and then they just started, like, doing our show less and less. And that really bothered me. It really bothered me. And then then they started just blowing us off to go do Howard Stern. And then they wouldn't uh, come into our show as much. So, you know, if I had any issue with, like, Louis C.K. especially, it would probably be that, that... Uh, you know, he was getting massively huge and he wasn't doing our show as much as he used to. Uh, but he had no problem going on Howard. You know what I mean? So, but besides that, all the best to Louie. I'm glad he's back. I think he's, uh, I think he's one of the brilliant ones. I think society needs uh, comedians like uh, Louis C.K. Because, you know, this world is nuts. This world is crazy. And you need guys to take the piss out of everything that is going on around us. So uh, there you go. That's what I think about the Louis C.K. Did you hear Bobby Lee say he misses the Opie era of comedy and loved doing your show? He said it to Chris Stefano recently. Yeah, a few people told me about that. Um, Bobby Lee and Chris Stefano, two other guys that uh, are absolutely awesome, deserve everything they got. Chris continues to keep in touch with me. Bobby Lee, uh, not so much, but that I think it's because he lives uh, in L.A. I have no doubt if he came to New York and I asked him to do this, this, <laughs> he would do it. And Bobby Lee uh, was a special, was a special talent for real. I mean, a lot of these comedians, they came in and you kind of had to set them up for their for their stories and their and their comedy in general. And then you got the guys that could just come in and hang. Louis C.K. obviously could come in and just hang. Bill Burr, Robert Kelly, Chris Stefano, Bobby Lee, 
guys that could just throw their comedy away and just be funny with what's uh, going on in front of them. So I, I used to, I used to love guys like that, and Bobby Lee is certainly one of them. And uh, I was, I was actually uh, a regular listener to his podcast for a while there, and it was really, really good, really entertaining. I mean, I'll put this on the big screen. I, I just don't. I mean, let's just put it this way: there, there's no surprise there. That's all I'll say. You know. If it suits Jimmy, then he would have went after Amy. Trust me. Uh, I'll, I'll say that much. If it suits Jimmy, he will go after Amy. But it didn't suit him at the time, so of course, uh, you know, he uh, he played it differently. But he's the guy that always talked about how honest he was. Uh, Jimmy was extremely, extremely petty. Extremely petty. And I'm sure he continues to be petty. I have no doubt it continues to be petty. Oh, yeah. Nothing stands up to ONA. I mean, even Joe Rogan. I mean, Joe Rogan's doing incredible numbers. But, like, you know, back in the day, I don't think there was a day that went by after one of our shows where people weren't talking about it, like, all day long. We knew how to get the people talking all the time. Rogan is unlistenable now. He broke his brain with steroids and booze. Uh, you know, Rogan's still doing it. You know, I'm going to... Don't, I don't like the guy. What a surprise. I, I just don't like the guys that that uh, are morally... Uh, literally morally corrupt. You know, I, I know our show did a lot for a lot of people. And then to see some of these people... Do literally zero for, for uh, I'll speak for myself, for me in return. That really bothers me. That really bothers me. So, but with that said, Rogan's still crushing it, obviously. I haven't, I haven't listened to a Joe Rogan podcast in years, but the only reason I stopped, I just didn't have time to invest hours upon hours in his, uh, in his podcast. Uh, but obviously, there's plenty that will invest uh, all that time, so... Uh, you ever go back and listen to Patrice? No, I do not. I mean, a little bit, I guess, a little bit. Um, but I, I just simply, I simply don't really listen to any um, Opie and Anthony stuff. Um, every once in a while, I do because I'm looking for something. But in general, I don't really search uh, search that stuff out. Um, so, is Rogan on your hate list, like Howard? No, I don't. I don't. I'm in. I'm. I'm. I'm indifferent uh, to uh, Rogan. Rogan never did anything to me personally like Howard Stern did. Um, I'm just indifferent. I don't know if you know this about me, but I, but I, but I, I hold a grudge and I, I hold people around me to a high standard. And I feel like if, uh, I, if I do a lot for you, I do uh, expect something, something in return. I'm talking to you, Theo Vaughn. Guys like that. But I should focus on the guys that have been cool ever since uh, the show um, went away. But Theo Vaughn was another guy. Like, no one knew who he was. He came in. Roland, I remember the day, he goes, you want Theo Vaughn? I'm like, who the hell is Theo Vaughn? He goes, do you remember that old MTV show? Uh, I forget. I forgot which one. Road Rules or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that, that guy. He was kind of cool. Well, he's reinventing himself, and he's doing stand-up, and he's starting a podcast. Would you like to take a chance on him? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll take a chance on Theo Vaughn. And I know that sounds weird because now everyone knows Theo Vaughn. 
comes on our show, crushes it, does his job. We have him on uh, a whole bunch, and and uh, he's promoting the whole way. And we certainly helped uh, grow his his stuff in the early days. And then I start my podcast. I I, I have like I have nothing. Everything was taken away from me. I had to build from nothing. And he was one another one of the guys that I, he was in town. And I said, "Hey, Theo, come on my podcast." And at first he said, "Okay," but it was a fake okay. And then. It was an excuse. Oh, Theo's not feeling good. Uh, He's canceling everything in New York. And then uh, it turns out he canceled some of the stuff, but but he didn't cancel shows that were big, that could do something for him. And he just tossed me aside. I'm like, "That's, that's what bothers me. Is this a therapy session? Then I tried again, and then he doesn't even write back. I'm like, really? Really, dude? And it's not, it's not about me personally. What it is with a lot of these guys is that they, uh, you know, if you don't have a big show that can help them, they, 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 they have no interest. None. This episode sponsored by Microdose.com. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to Microdose.com. Use the code OPI to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. A lot of people wondering, hey, Ope, are you still microdosing? And my answer is, hell yeah. Now, microdosing, the concept of microdosing is commonly associated with psychedelics, wellness, performance enhancement, and creativity. The number one reason why I'm microdosing, by the way, is to get a better night sleep. For me, it's given me great, great sleep. Also, it has helped with the creative boost, enjoying the moment. And it's also helped with some anxiety issues. If you need to know more about microdosing, definitely go to microdose.com. They'll explain this even further. You've probably heard about it a little bit here and there. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. The reason it's so cool is that it gives you just a touch of the THC. Oh, by the way, if you want a little more... Oh, they could take care of you in that way as well. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. All around, there are 10 out of 10 for me. I, I really, really love these guys. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. Use the promo code OPIE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And if you're still not entirely sure what this is all about, at the very least, go to microdose.com. And if you like what you see, use the promo code OP to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. And I'll throw that link in the description of this podcast episode. Microdose.com, promo code OP. Oh, I was just re-watching the Fez in a toupee video and would... Be normal. Uh, would would he normally do laps around the building? Excuse me. LOL. Yes. Uh, Fez had a whole routine that he did back in the day before he entered uh, the Sirius XM building. Yes. Yeah. He was constantly trying to figure stuff out. That's all. Um, and he lost a bed, or I don't know how the toupee came about. But the beauty of Fez, man. When he committed to something, he committed. Most people would be like, all right, I think this thing is over. And not Fez. He's like, nope, I committed to this thing and I'm going to see this through. So I think he wore a toupee for like a year or something. I mean, 
The Rana Fez bits would just go on forever. <laughs> Which the beauty of them too, you know, the bit itself was always brilliant, always. And then it would get to a point where everyone would be like, "All right, enough, enough, enough," and they would hang through that period until it became hilarious again. You know how hard that is to do. What Long Island town did I grow up in? Hi, Sci-Fi 20XX. Uh, a little town outside of Huntington, Long Island. Um, it's uh, officially Centerport, Long Island. I've always said Huntington because it's easier. And Centerport was part of the Huntington Township. But it was Centerport, Long Island. Very, very small town. Um, it was like a clamming community. That was our number one thing in Centerport. Uh, the local industry was uh, clamming, pretty much. Maybe not officially, but pretty much. And I, I, I was on a clam boat uh, a few times with those guys with those giant rakes just raking up clams. Um, and there was one guy that you dropped your clams off to. And then he brought them to the city and made a, a, a shitload of money. I, I, I forgot the guy's name, but... He, he had two garages, one for his cars and one for the clams. That was a giant um, refrigerator to keep the clams cold. And then as the day went on, you would go there with a bushel of clams. He would pay you nicely, handsomely. I was never a, officially a clammer, but I helped out my friends that were. And then he would just give you cash. He would take your uh, bushel of clams, throw it in his, his uh, garage that he turned into a giant refrigerator. And then later on the day or every other day, I don't know how it worked, he would pack his van with uh, a ton of bushels of clams and go to the city and sell them to all the restaurants. He had, he had quite the business going on. But, uh, yeah, Centerport was a great, a great town to grow up in. Um, you know, my, my, uh, my family life back in the day was completely chaotic, but uh, we lived in a cool area. Had the golf course really close where I caddied for many, many years. We had Centerport Harbor, where we did a lot of skiing and clamming and swimming. Um, it was nice. We were we basically were brought up on uh, on water more or less. I mean, our house wasn't near the water, but we certainly went there a lot. We we had a lot of friends more than more than a few friends that had boats. So we were constantly on boats, uh, water skiing and doing all sorts of fun stuff, man. Dice Clay still hates you. No, I mean, literally, uh, all right, uh, Jake, uh, literally, that's not true. I, got, I, I don't know why I feel like I have to defend myself. That's not true. He, uh, he recently uh, went a little back and forth with me, and uh, he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. We had our issues. We worked through some issues back in the day. His Instagram is hilarious, and I know for a fact that you're, you're what are you, like, what are you doing? This is getting like really old for real. It's just getting really old. Let me put you in timeout. Yeah, I got to put you in timeout. I'm sorry. <laughs> Looping for the mob. Well, that's uh, that is the truth. You know, it, it was my experience uh, caddying for the mob on Long Island was a lot of fun, intense at times, um, but they paid incredibly well. Uh, but yes, we did loop for the mob. That, I mean, that was just a, a known fact. I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's like that anymore up there. I have no idea. Uh, literally, have uh, no idea. But uh, yeah, there were a lot of mob guys that um, 
that golfed at that particular golf course that now I'm not going to name here today. <laughs> Look at me scared all these years later. But we absolutely did. Your sunrises are really going downhill the last few days. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Cheers. It's really early in the morning to be acting like a dick in chat. They can't help themselves. It's uh, it's a group of people that get together every morning and do this. It's like I guess it's their I guess it's their fun. I guess that's what gets them going in the morning. I don't know. Uh, Dice was doing a bit, walking up to people and saying he has a an a point uh, an a point to take a picture. I saw I saw all his videos. Ira, they're hilarious, very funny, very uh, awkward. We didn't do it a lot, but we definitely did it a handful of times. When when Dice was doing our show on a, on a regular basis, and he was coming to New York um, after the radio show, I couldn't wait to hang out with Dice and his crew. Uh, Anthony didn't really do it as much, but uh, Jimmy definitely did. I did. And Dice always had a crew around him. And we would just walk the streets and mess with people. And it was just absolutely amazing. Dice is the king of uh, you dropped something. He would ask people what time it is. And when they would look down at their watches back in the day, we'd all take off. And then the guy would look up all confused. like, But I thought he... Wanted to know what time it was. And it was just all these really goofy, ridiculous um, street games we played. And it was, and we would do it for hours. We would just wander around. It was so much fun. Why is Celine Dion an ass? She's going through a tough time, this Celine Dion. I never got into the Celine Dion. You know, and every once in a while I could, I could get into uh, one of those singers that just built out songs like that. Where the band's not even important. Um, think, uh, think Adele. She's got some toe tappers. I'm telling you, one of my favorite songs, maybe of all time, or certainly in recent years, because you know we all have that list, and it changes as you get older and go through life. But Adele's song "Rolling in the Deep" is such a toe tapper. I love that song. I don't, I don't know if I'm supposed to, you know, there are things you're not supposed to admit when you have a certain uh, status in life or in the public eye. But I'm here to say that Rolling in the Deep by Adele is one of my favorite songs uh, uh, right now and has been for many years. Cheers. Oh, I cut my nails for you guys. Hope you appreciate that. Cheers. Oh, and I pulled off a, a toenail off my little toe uh, yesterday as well. Cheers. Oh, you didn't need to know that one? Cheers. It came off like a Fritos chip. Cheers. The kid might have a problem with one of his toes. Cheers. I got birth defects. Uh, and, and it's not up to you to try to figure out my birth defects, okay? I know, I know how you think. I know I just set myself up, but nah, nah. Let that one go by. A fastball will be coming soon that he can swing at. But I got... Crappy thumbs. I got crappy like Megan Fox thumbs. We have to grow the nail a little bit to make it look like a, it, it's almost a normal thumb. And then I got, I don't even know what you call them, but my little toes on both feet are, a, they're, they're turned sideways and I don't clip the nails off them. I just pull the nails off because they, they, they grow in so weakly. Is that a word? Weakly? 
that I just pull them off every once in a while. Cheers to that. Oh, Patricia says my wait. Let me let me put Patricia. Patricia, that's a Long Island accent coming out. I'll, I'll start pointing out the Long Island accent words. Patricia uh, says my nails look fabulous. I do them myself. Every once in a while, I go with the wife and I'll get my nails did with her, and it's it's a good experience. I told you the last time I did that though. They brought out the little um, the little uh, I don't know. It's like a it's like a little like saw sander thing. The the women know about this. I think I could say that in 2023, but maybe there's a few guys that also know this. But they bring out this little sander thing. It's like it's like the size of a quarter and it spins. They turn that thing on and goes. So, um, you know, when you're getting a little foot massage, when you're getting your nails did, they pull that uh, thing out and they do the bottom of your feet to get some of the, you know, some of the, uh, the dead skin off the bottom of your feet. Well, they, that thing hit the bottom of my feet. Skin started flying everywhere. I mean, everywhere. And uh, my wife simply doesn't understand why I don't get embarrassed ever. I'm sitting there laughing and pointing it out. Usually when something like that happens to you, you're just like, oh, my God, make it go away. Make it go away. You want to disappear. Oh, no, man. I soak in that uncomfortableness. And then I point it out to everybody, complete strangers. And I'm like, oh, my God, I hope none of this skin is flying and hitting you in the face. <laughs> but... But they turned that little sander on, hit the bottom of my foot, and it just went flying every way. Uh, every way? Everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, Frito chip, yes. Yes, I pulled, a, uh, I pulled my little toe off, uh, my little toenail off yesterday, and it was like a Frito, uh, a Frito chip, yes. Uh, it's saying cheers that way, a joke of some kind, a reference to something. I think I might have got it from uh, Ronnie B. I don't know. Cheers. I, I just like being obnoxious, Brother Ted. I know it sounds stupid and obnoxious, and that's what makes me uh, do it more and more if you want the real answer there. I have a good man with a manicure. I don't go manicure, but every once in a while, like I said, I'll go with the, the wife, and it's, it's actually very enjoyable. You stick your feet in that little uh, jacuzzi thing, and they rub uh, your calves. They uh, make believe they're, they're not grossed out that they're, uh, you know, scrubbing and washing your feet and then clipping your toenails. <laughs> See, I know a little bit about this. They just act like this is, uh, this is okay by me. And they're just like, oh, my God, I came to America with a dream, with a dream. This guy's got Frito chips for toenails. Uh, why do you need YouTube donors if you're a millionaire? Uh, because I, because like anyone else, uh, let me put him in timeout. Let me put him in timeout so he doesn't hear the answer. Because no one wants to feel like they're doing stuff for free, buddy. I hate that question, and I'll tell you why. Because like, so why don't you go? Why don't you call Howard Stern today? I think the guy is close to a billionaire. And ask him why he's still taking money from SiriusXM. Because he doesn't need it. That is the dumbest question ever. Ever. And you don't know my, um, my, my financial status. If you need to know, I, I definitely need to make uh, money still. I need one more good run. But I certainly don't want to like turn on this live stream first thing in the morning and sit here like a dummy and make zero money. 
That's that's all I'm saying. And it's kind of nice. Also, I'm like, oh my God. I'll tell my wife, we made $25. You made $25 this morning. I'm like, yes. Let's go to Chipotle. It's a dumb question, especially in America. It really is. And honestly, I'll tell you, my dumb life, you know, there were a lot of people, uh, not a lot. Yeah, there was a, uh, I, would, I would say a lot of people that I was able to help out that depended on, um, you know, the fact that I uh, did very well for myself. I can't help uh, uh, many people these days. So, you know what? If I was to make um, money again, like real money, it would be nice to be able to start helping the people I used to help. It's a dumb, stupid uh, question. Like, like haters in general, they got a list of these dumb things they bring up. And they're all just stupid at this point. And that's one of them. I donate if you did a show. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, but you're watching this Kamado. I know, I know we're heading toward a block, but let me put you in timeout. I would say right now, I did enough stuff on this live stream. I've been on for almost 45 minutes. That is way better than any dumb show you're going to end up listening today. So shut up. Can I pump this up more and maybe start getting guests? Sure. Yeah, okay. But just some of this babbling and hanging out with people is way better than most of the horse shit that is on the regular radio right now. And most of the dumb podcasts. All right. All right, guys.